In Bible prophecy, Israel is the center of the world, the ground zero around which the events of the rest of the world will revolve. Israel gave us the Bible. Israel gave us all the prophets. Israel gave us the Savior, Messiah, Jesus himself. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. If you want to know what's happening in Bible prophecy, always keep your eye on Israel. Hi everybody and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thanks for joining us. Today we're continuing the new series, Israel, God's Timepiece, with part two of the message, Jesus, the Indisputable Prophet. The land of Israel is about the size of New Jersey, but the Bible says it will be the epicenter of world attention as the time of the end draws near. In fact, the prophet Zechariah predicts that Israel will be a very heavy stone for all peoples and that all nations will one day be gathered against it. Are we there? Well, grab your Bible and let's go right to part two of the message, Jesus, the Indisputable Prophet. The city was leveled. The temple was totally destroyed and not one stone was left on another. Forty years from the time Jesus spoke this. Now, they didn't know that at the time. They didn't know for sure when it was going to happen. And I think that helps us here tonight because Jesus told us concerning my return, you don't know when I'm going to come back. But here are the signs you can look for. Let's put ourselves in their shoes Jesus had said, this temple is coming down and this city, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How many times I would have gathered you like a hen gathers her chicks. But you didn't receive me. John said he came to his own, the Jew, and his own, the Jewish people, did not receive him. He wept over Jerusalem. He knew what was coming to Jerusalem in four decades. It was imminent. But they didn't know it. He just said, I can't tell you the exact date, 70 AD. They didn't know that. But he did give them signs. So that when the city was destroyed, one thing he had told them that I don't go over here, but I know it, I can tell it to you. He said, woe to those who are with child in those days. Woe to those who are great with child who are pregnant in those days. Now, he was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. He said, when you see the signs I'm telling you about, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, when you see, it turned out to be the Roman legions, laying siege to this city, I'm going to give you a window to get out of here. Flee to the mountains of Judea. Now, we know from history Then when the Romans surrounded Jerusalem, something happened back in Rome and the leader, Titus, was called back and there was a little break in their siege of the city. And when that break happened and the pressure let up, the Jewish Christians that knew what Jesus had said, when you see these things coming to pass, flee this place. 
They fled in mass into the hills of Judea, those who were believers and knew the warning of Jesus, while 600,000 of them were trapped and they all died a terrible death. See, Jesus gave his own an escape. Oh, it pays to obey God, folks. When he gives you an escape, you take it. And so they fled. Remember, he said, pray that your flight isn't on the Sabbath because they were laden down, burdened down with mosaic ritual and laws, and they would not have run. They would not have exerted themselves on the Sabbath. So he said, pray that your flight doesn't happen on the Sabbath. Pray that you're not pregnant with a child. And so he gave them a gracious, merciful, open window to run before the Romans really moved in and took the city, which took seven years. And they were saved. They were preserved. To me, that's such a picture of the rapture. That God delivers before the judgment comes. But that's another topic for another night. So Jesus is now giving them signs that they're to look for. And now we know these signs were going to happen within 40 years. In the 40 years between his prediction and the fulfillment. So he said, first, there's going to be deceivers. Now, did such deceivers or false Christs arise? and deceive many in those 40 years before the destruction of Jerusalem? Yes. And thank God we have Roman historians who wrote about it. According to Josephus, the noted Jewish historian, 12 years after our Savior's death, a certain imposter named Thutis persuaded a great multitude to follow him to the River Jordan, which he claimed would divide shades of Joshua for their passage. He said, come on with me to the Jordan. It's going to split just like it did for Joshua and the children of Israel. Of course, he was a false prophet. And you know that at the time of Felix, who's mentioned in the book of Acts, the country of the Jews was so filled with imposters that Felix had put to death imposters, frauds, religious frauds every day. That's written in the history books. A statement that indicates there were many, what? Many what? False prophets. So there was much deception, just like Jesus said. Careful that you're not deceived. Now, then he said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Did this happen in those 40 years between 30 A.D. and 70 A.D.? Yep. Within a short time, the Roman Empire was filled with strife insurrection, and wars. Before the fall of Jerusalem happened, this is one little example. Four Roman emperors had experienced violent deaths in the space of 18 months. Those Roman emperors, they got killed. They weren't in office long. Usually their army killed them because the army got paid every time there was a new emperor. Did you know that? The Roman army got, it was some deal written in their laws so that when a new emperor came into power, the army got a little pay boost. So talk about incentive to kill the new emperor. And more times than not, it was the army, Roman army that killed the new emperor. But there were four, imagine, four major turnovers in the government of Rome in 18 months. How many of you would have aspired to emperorship? No, made you a sitting target. But there was wars, just like Jesus said. Isn't it hard for us to imagine now, and I can tell it's kind of sinking in with some of you, 
we've read these things and always thought, well, that has to do with right now. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but it was particularly aimed right at the disciples who said, when will these things be? And what will be the signs that they're coming? And Jesus rattled off these signs, prophetic predictions. This is what's going to be happening before the temple is destroyed. Jesus also predicted that famines, earthquakes, and pestilence would occur in various places. Did that happen? Let's look. The Bible records that there was famine throughout all the world in the days of Claudius Caesar, Acts eleven twenty eight. Judea was especially hard hit by famine. You remember when uh, Paul and the disciples raised money to take to the church folks that are in Jerusalem and give them relief? Well, that was during this famine. There was a famine and it rocked the world. Jesus had said, before the temple is destroyed, you're going to see famines on a major level. And they did. And what about pestilences, which is plague? You better believe it. One historian wrote of pestilence at Rome in the days of Nero, so severe that in the space of one autumn, there died no less than 30,000 people in one fall, one autumn. 30,000 wiped out by plague. Jesus said there's going to be plague, pestilence, famine in many places before the temple is destroyed. Josephus records that pestilences raged in Babylonia in AD 40. Tacitus, Roman historian, tells us of pestilences in Italy in AD 65. So yes, there were pestilences in those years before the destruction of Jerusalem. And finally, what of earthquakes? What about earthquakes? Jesus said there's going to be earthquakes in many various places. Tacitus, again, mentions earthquakes at Rome. He wrote that, quote, frequent earthquakes occurred by which many houses were thrown down and that 12 populous cities of Asia fell in ruins from an earthquake before the temple was destroyed. Was prophet Jesus accurate? Oh, yeah. Now, these, however, let's keep in mind, these things were not to be looked upon as signs that the end of all time was here, but rather would be the things the disciples must endure as they awaited the end that they had just asked about, the end that Jesus had spoken of, the end of the temple. Now in Luke 21, 24, now it gets interesting because here in Luke 21, 24, Luke records one of Jesus's predictions reaching well beyond 70 AD past the destruction of the temple. He predicted that following the destruction of Jerusalem and of the temple, look at what he said. They, the Jews, will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. Now that's post AD 70. So now he's moving down the tunnel of time, going further, did prophet Jesus. And Jerusalem, he said, will be trampled by Gentiles until, read this with me, everybody, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, I think we have only one genuinely Jewish person here. So we all be Gentiles, right? So guess what? He just spoke this about you. He's talking about you here. The times of the Gentiles. What in the world is the times of the Gentiles? Did you know that Paul talked about the same things in Romans 11. Look what he said in verse 25. He said, 
A partial hardening of the heart has come upon Israel until what? Say it with me. The fullness of the Gentiles has come in. What does that mean? What are the times of the Gentiles? Here's what it simply means. That Jerusalem would remain under Gentile control until the return of Christ. That comes all the way down to the end of time. And this has been the case. Quick history. The Jews that survived the Jerusalem siege were scattered throughout the world. You remember what Moses prophesied. He said, you're going to reject your Redeemer. He told them. You're going to reject God's solution for you, Messiah. He said, because you do, when you lay your head down at night, you're going to wish it were morning. And when you wake up in the morning, you're going to wish it were night. You're not going to have any place to rest. You're going to be persecuted from nation to nation, place to place, because you rejected Messiah Jesus. And that's exactly what happened. When Jerusalem was destroyed, those who did get away were scattered throughout the whole world. And Jerusalem came under Gentile control up until 1948, and more specifically, 1967. At first, here's who took it. The Romans held it for a few more centuries. Then Western Rome collapsed. Then Rome collapsed, and all that was left was Eastern Rome, Constantinople and all of that, and that's another night. But then it was conquered by, guess who? Muslim armies. And they held it for centuries and centuries, even with the Crusades. Even though in the first crusade, Jerusalem was recaptured by the Christians, the Muslims retook it later. So it was under Muslim control for centuries. Finally, the British captured Jerusalem during World War I, marking the first time in many centuries that Christians had held the city when the Brits captured it. And then when Israel became a nation again in 1948, what a day that was. And when Israeli armies took Jerusalem again in 1967 in the remarkable, miraculous six-day war, an incredible Bible prophecy was literally fulfilled. Well, many of them. I'm only going to give you one example because I could read the prophecies all night long about God saying, I'm going to bring my people back to their homeland. Where they've been scattered, I'm going to bring them back. Nobody imagined it would be 20 centuries, but it was. The prophet Ezekiel had predicted, quote, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Don't you love that? In other words, when he speaks, it's done. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them from all around and bring them back into their own land. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. Now, shock of shocks, who would ever have imagined, there's even a Bible verse about this, that a nation was born in a day. Nowhere in history, folks, has there ever been a race of people who were scattered and lost their homeland and centuries later regained it and became a nation again. It's never happened. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And then in the 1967 Six-Day War, they retook Jerusalem. Now, as an aside, we also know the day will come when Antichrist will make a seven-year peace treaty with Israel, 
which would again place Israel under a level of Gentile control. So while they have taken Israel again and they have occupied Jerusalem again, it's still going to have a bump in the road, an interruption, when under desperation a politician rises up out of nowhere, dripping with charisma, an orator of orators, Slick can't even begin to describe him. Magnetic, likable. He comes to power overnight. He will cut a deal with Israel. Has it ever occurred to you how every president, wow, almost as far back as I can remember, has tried to be the one to cut a peace deal with Israel between the Israelis and the Arabs and stop this crazy battling No one's ever been able to do it. If you ever wake up one morning and you look at the news and you see that some politician, particularly European, has swooped in and cut a deal with Israel and it's seven years long, lift up your heads. Because you're looking at Antichrist. So there is going to be a a bump in the road again. He'll make that peace treaty with Israel. It'll be seven years long. Everybody will think he's a hero. He will become an overnight sensation, the Bible says. The whole world will come under his spell. He will have a sidekick called the false prophet. And this false prophet will be the religious side of the political Antichrist. Antichrist will be political. The false prophet will be religious. Your mind can go a lot of places there. What religious person has sway over the whole world, has impact with the whole world? I'm not going to say it. I'm just saying there's a lot of possibilities, but a few make sense. This false prophet will do signs and wonders and will point to the Antichrist like John the Baptist pointed to Jesus. And he will say, he's your man. He's your answer. He's your guy. And as a duo, this peace treaty will be cut and he will quickly bring much of the world under his control under Antichrist comes the famous mark of the beast, which we're so set up for now, so set up for now. John could never have seen it. I saw a mark on the back of their hand or on their forehead. It was three sets of six digits. Here you got a first century man describing 21st century computer technology. And there will be a one world currency, a one world economic system. And whoever doesn't receive the mark, you know the story on their hand or on their forehead, is cut out of being able to buy and sell. It's so easy now, let me put it that way, to comprehend how anybody who won't do it is so easily trapped. Now they've got drones the size of flies. They have drones now that they can lower down next to you and explode them. Drones. I mean, if you're going to fade to black, if you're going to disappear in this culture, you've got to throw away that iPhone, throw away that watch. And even then, I mean, even on my little iPad... I can pull up Google Maps and I can zoom in over this building and I can see them finishing this parking lot. See, John saw all of this in the Revelation. So this man will rise up and he will cut a peace treaty with Israel. And when he does, Israel again comes under a level of Gentile control because I don't believe he'll be Jewish. He'll be a European politician coming out of the revived Roman Confederacy, a ten-nation confederacy, revived Rome. He'll come out of there I have wondered lately if maybe he's Muslim. Seriously. Because in the book of Revelation, when you find, and I'm not digressing here, I'm staying right on track, but I want you to watch this. It struck me in the book of Revelation, when you find all those souls under the altar saying, when will you avenge us, God? It says they were all beheaded. 
It makes a point of saying that. And I used to think, well, that's real first century because now it would be bullets and other stuff. But no, because the revelation is the prophecy of Jesus. The ultimate end, folks, of Gentile control over Jerusalem will only take place at the return of Christ. When Jesus himself will rule the world out of Jerusalem, it says he will land on the Mount of Olives and the Mount of Olives will cleave in half east to west. And Jesus will rule this world with a scepter of righteousness and a rod of iron, that is authority. And there will finally be peace on earth and they will beat their swords into plowshares and there will be war no more and the lion will lay down with the lamb and children will play in poisonous snake holes because there's no more adversity, creature to creature, species to species. There's peace. Birds won't fly away from you anymore. Animals won't run from you anymore. I look forward to the day that I can do this and birds land on my arm. Come here. You're not afraid of me anymore. Because now what the fall did is utterly eradicated and erased by the return and rule of Jesus Christ. So... Now, here's my point. Jesus himself placed Israel at the epicenter of Bible prophecy. Save a few references to the world at large in his answer to his disciples, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. When he answered them, he mentions a couple of times the world at large, but most of what he says revolves around Israel. In Bible prophecy, Israel is the center of the world the ground zero around which the events of the rest of the world will revolve. Israel gave us the Bible. Israel gave us all the prophets. Israel gave us the Savior, Messiah, Jesus himself. And Zechariah tells us in no uncertain terms, catch this, Zechariah 12, speaking of the last days, he says, I will make Jerusalem and Judah like a cup of poison to all the nearby nations. Has that happened already? Do you know that only Muslim nations that are anti-Israel and anti-Semitic surround that nation now? I will make Jerusalem and Judah like a cup of poison to all the nearby nations that send their armies to surround Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be, read it with me, Jerusalem will be a heavy stone burdening the world. Are we there? Come on, church. Are we there? Isn't it amazing that that little piece of real estate about the size of New Jersey... The whole world is burdened by it. And though all the nations of the earth unite in an attempt to move her, they will all be crushed. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm stirred in my heart by today's message. What a mighty Savior we serve. Now, don't go anywhere because our announcer has some important things to share with you. And be sure to join me next time as we continue with our series, Israel, God's Timepiece. Until then, may God richly bless you. you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. 
These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111, or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again, or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. Jesus, the indisputable prophet, is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Israel, God's Timepiece. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to LiveTalkRadio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or call us toll-free 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.